everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the River Blast Podcast. I am Noah Hiles. I am Alex Stone. And Alex, um, there's no really good way to open this show, if we're being completely honest. Uh, we spoke last week about something just gut-wrenching, horrible. And I said, I, I ignorantly said, it can't get worse. And, um, sure enough, we opened this show today. I mean, we had to talk about it sometime in the show. We might as well just open it up. Talking about the the life, I guess, of our friend Jason Rollison. Do you want to open up? You knew him better than I did. Yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I guess I'll start. Um, Jason, for, uh, if, you're, if you've been on Twitter, any part of Pirate's Twitter... I'm sure you already know this, but Jason, uh, back in August, was diagnosed with cancer, and he uh, passed away this this past Monday. Uh, still kept great spirits all the way to the end. Uh, talking to him, you know, this past month, I mean, from his hospital bed, I he was banging on the tables whenever nobody came up with DK. You know, he's like, you got to give Alex a shot. He's, he's the guy that you want. And, um, yeah. And his faith in Jason was like, yeah, yeah, I'll give him a shot, you know, pretty much sight unseen. Let's do it. Uh, and, this past month, basically everything we had talked about, you know, we're like story ideas of stuff that we should write about, you know, him asking how I was doing, you know, it, whenever a guy has stage four cancer is getting blood drained out of his lungs, you know, he's getting staples in his back. He's asking how you're doing, tells you everything that you need to know about the character of the band. Yeah, it was, it, it's been tough. He just got home, and foolishly, I had not talked to him in a couple days before his passing because I figured he was home. I would let him get settled in, and I really regret that now. So, if there's, I know there's nothing I could have, you know, known, and nothing I, even if I did know. You know, if I had a chance right this very second to say something to Jason, I don't know what I would say, basically, besides maybe like, thank you for for everything. So I'm just real fast. I, I want to just go through my history with Jason. And then if you want to do the same as well, because yeah. 2017, I was writing for four different outlets at the time. And I was swamped, but I knew that I couldn't just make it only as a writer. I wanted to also do some podcasting. And I looked at a site called Pirates Breakdown as a place to maybe host a podcast. They had a big install fan base, so I wouldn't have to worry about that. Or at the very least, I could get advice on how to start a podcast. And it's there, you know, I sent a pretty much a cold call email and Jason, he was the creator of this site. He was running it. And he was immediately enamored with my work. And he's like, you got to write for me. You gotta write. I'm like, well, I don't really want to write for a place anywhere else right now. i got enough for places. I really just want a podcast. He's like, well, how about you just stick around for a bit? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And sure enough, I ended up writing for five different places for a bit. One of them ended up not lasting long so I went back down to port but it's like yeah I have to write with Jason because he had an energy an insight a, a drive that really just drew I, I was drawn to and quickly found out you know getting to talk to the guy that okay this is someone that I want you know to be a friend he, he's not just you know a damn good baseball writer he's you know a damn good guy we have a lot in common i I want to be, you know, around people like him. Uh, in 2018, before the season started, he had he was approached by FanRag to start a site called, or, or Locked On, which was a part of FanRag at the time, 
and they wanted a Pirates podcast site. It'd be half written, half podcast, and he was like, do you want to do this? You know, you know, co-run it with me. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. And it was a good site. We had, looking back on it, Locked On Pirates it died whenever FanRag was sold. And the Locked On Network pretty much evaporated. There were still some sites and, you know, some good podcasts around with the name. But I think all the actual team sites are gone. But we had a, we had a damn good staff. We had Nate Warner. We had David Slusser. We had, we had Jared Krugar. Me, Jason, Josh Taylor wrote there. It was... We had a murderer's row of internet writers as far as that was concerned. And I think, was it through Locked On that our first podcast? No, no, no. It was right no. after Locked On had died, and that's why we had, you know, we started ours. No, I'll, I'll, I'll take over that part. Go for it. Um, so my, my introduction to Jay, I actually never met Jason in person. 100% of my interaction with Jason was over phone call, Twitter DM, or text messages. Yet, <clears throat> there's just, like, a level of, like, genuine people. There's, like, just a short amount of them that even if you have limited interaction with them, you can just really, like you said, evaluate their character. And there was just nothing fake about the guy he he when he cared about something he was all in and he cared about baseball he cared about the pirates and he, he overall he just cared about people he was all he i i wrote down he was kind of like the blog father like he was like the godfather of baseball blogs in the Pittsburgh area and what i'm saying is like you look you you mentioned all those names like Jared Prugard writes for DK Pittsburgh Sports you you write for DK Pittsburgh Sports. You wrote in fan graphs. You 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 know you're well on your way to a very successful career. Other people like Nate Warner, David, all those guys, very talented. Like if Jason wasn't in the picture, I don't know where any of those people would have been. And I'll even throw myself in there. And I'm not mainly writing. There's always my side thing. I'm I'm a radio guy through and through, but. I remember at the end of the 2017 season, I had just graduated college in 2017, and I moved back home from Pittsburgh uh, over the summer, like a month after I was home, got a job at KDKA, so I got my foot in the radio door, and later on, I got a job at the Beaver County Times, like right before high school football season, so I was a full-time media member doing high school sports, doing, you know, radio, but I... I I wanted to, you know, have some creativity, be able to write about something that I wasn't assigned rather than covering as, as riveting as covering, you know, whippy old class A high school girls soccer matches at 3.30 was. Like, I wanted to write about something that I was really passionate about. And baseball has always been my passion. So I, I got really involved on Twitter with the blog scene. I followed all the podcasts. I followed all the blogs, you know, and Obviously, you cross paths with Jason Rawlinson when you're doing that. He had the most followers. He was the guy who was retweeting everything. And I DM'd him and I said, hey, I, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you necessarily work, but I would love an opportunity to contribute somewhere. And he said, yeah, give me an analysis piece on Gregory Polanco. And I wrote it for him. I emailed it to him, and I didn't hear back from him for, like, four months. It was the off-season. Like, this was right around the time the first Pirates guide he did started. So, I, I mean, he had other stuff to do. But then I DM'd him again in March, and he was like, no, I was about to DM Like, I was about to contact you once the season got going. Because, like, yes, this is good. We would like for you to write on Pirates Breakdown. That's where I got involved. And then, after a couple pieces on Pirates Breakdown, and I think, you know, the aspect of me being credentialed and working for the fan, I think that he was intrigued. I mean, I was someone new. I was kind of like like the, the Buzz Lightyear 
of it, you know, I was the outsider, like, who is this, who is this kid, he's, he doesn't, he hasn't wrote for a whole bunch of blogs before, everyone kind of knew each other, my writing style was completely different than pretty much everyone else's on that site, everyone was very heavy analytics, mine was old school takes, like, I, I emphasized batting average and stuff, which is like a cardinal sin on that website, but that's, that was my thing, and he invited me to debate the one and only Alex Stumpf <laughs> on his show. And I, what was it like? Can you say that again? Cannonballs. Cannonballs. And this is actually how I met Jared Prugar also. Mm-hmm. Through Cannonballs, we debated. It, we actually had to go like three or four rounds because we were so evenly matched for the first couple. For the and- first couple rounds. And that's how, I mean, Alex and I, we saw each other in the press box, and I think I just approached him, like, a couple days before that. And I'm like, hey, like, I'm looking to start a Pirates podcast. You're the only person here, like, who looks remotely close to my age. Um, like, we should, we should try to start working on something. And Alex, like, gave me this weird look, like, who the hell are you? Like, uh, you know, like, that's normally not how you introduce yourself to someone. Like, maybe I should probably get to know you a little bit. Like, we might not have anything in common. Like, we might hate each other. But then we debated each other on that show. And I think we both kind of, it kind of clicked in our heads. We're like, you know what? Like, this could work. Like, you and I. And it has worked. I mean, I think we've had a successful run so far. Jason was the one who kind of pulled the strings behind that. Not only just setting that debate up, but he set up pretty much this. He was our producer, essentially, early on. He made our logo, like the River Blast Radio logo that you see. He made that. He created our Twitter account. He, because we originally did it on Locked On Pirates Baseball. That was our original platform. And I didn't even know how to post it on that because I didn't have credentials to the website or anything. So we would record it and I would just email it to him. And that's how, so Jason literally would post our stuff for us. And then once we started with Anchor, He's the one who introduced me to Anchor, which I've used for other podcasts for myself and referred other people to. I don't know how he found it, but it's like the best platform ever, another free ad for them. But he he literally, like, he planted the seed for this podcast by introducing us, by showing us how to upload it, where to upload it, creating the art, creating the social media... And just the promotion that he always gave us. Individually, as individuals, anything I relo- I did Pirates content-wise. If it was for the fan, if it was for Locked On, if it was for... Uh, what was the other one that I just said? Pirates Breakdown? Uh, okay. Anything. Like, Jason would retweet it. it, it he, and it, it was so fast, I knew he didn't even read it yet. And I'm sure he did read it, because I think that guy, he genuinely cared... Like I said, about people who loved what he loved, and that was the Pirates, and that was baseball, and that was covering it, and it was, he just was so, he was the best, he's, and I I think I speak for a lot of people when I say this, he was one of the best friends you never met in person. Yeah. I mean, he was just, and and I tweeted this the other day, I was reading through our old DMs, and... There's so many times where I was just asking him, like, hey, what do you think of this sentence? Should I change this? Hey, what do you think of these stats? Would this make a better argument? Like, hey, how do I upload this? How do I do that? There was a million questions I asked the guy. And for for him to do that for me, like, dude, get it. I mean, I don't know if I would have done that. And, like, I like to think I'm a nice dude. Who's always willing to help people, but like, I was constantly DMing him. There were times where, you know, Pirates Breakdown, they were they just weren't. I wasn't getting paid, and Jason took it upon himself. He he wasn't in charge there. He wasn't the boss, but like he was like, no, like you're getting us page views. You deserve to be compensated, and like he stepped up and made it happen. And I, I mean, he's just. He was just a, such a genuinely good dude, always pushing you, always encouraging you to be better in the most positive way. 
he did not appreciate my self-deprecating humor. Anytime I'd make a joke at my own expense, he would say, don't ever say that about yourself. And I would say, no, Jason, I have the biggest ego. You don't understand. Like, I need to do this to myself. But in all reality, I, I mean, it's just one thing after another with the team. But this is different. It's not the team. This was This was a guy that, He's helped so many. He was like the, he's the professor you have after college, honestly. He's the blog father, and the Pirates haven't done a lot right this season. Obviously, like you look at the standings, you read anything really about them, on or off the field. It's been a disaster, but they got it right on on Tuesday. Their game on Tuesday in the pregame, that tribute, they didn't have to do that. There are a lot of teams, they they don't even acknowledge the blog community. I mean, a lot of traditional journalists look down upon the blog community. And Major League Baseball does as well at times. Uh, but the Pirates recognizing Jason the way they did. It was appropriate. It was necessary, and they, they nailed it. They did a great job. I wish there could have been more people there to appreciate it, but Dejan did an awesome job posting that online and getting the attention that it deserved. And just, I mean, if you didn't know the guy, look up his name on Twitter and read what people are saying about him. That's all you need to know. Just an awesome human being. Yes. And... <laughs> You mentioned the self-deprecating humor. I didn't know he was just as hard about you as he was about me. Because I I have the exact same. One of the reasons Noah and I get along so well is because it, it, it's funny. Mm-hmm. It, it is actually funny to everyone besides him. He was, he was too busy building us up for us to, uh, to appreciate us knocking ourselves down a peg. Mm-hmm. Ah, man, you you really nailed a lot right on the head there. Jason is the... I I posted it on Twitter because I... It took me seriously about half an hour to, to craft just a tweet about it because, I mean, obviously, five stages of grief, it takes us... What what's the first one? Anger and then I thought, denial. I thought it was like shock. Denial, then anger, anger or whatever. I was still like in the denial. I was like because almost every interaction I had with him was you know through text message or DMs, and so it's like no no he'll just pop up in the chat later. You're like hey dude you gotta laugh at how many people were saying that you. You know, all these wonderful things about you. People that you, you like, people that that didn't like you but are, are now eulogizing you. You would get a kick out of that. Yeah. Uh, I saw one today, especially. I was like, hmm. Yeah. I think I know which one you're referring to. Yeah. He would have loved that, though. He would have loved, for, if for no other reason, that I got the last word in <laughs> Yeah, there's some interesting prospects on that front. Yeah, it's... But... It, it took me half an hour to write, like, one sentence. I'm really happy with the final product because I don't think there is a better way to sum up Jason. He he made me a better writer. He made me a better journalist. He made me a better man. And I'm not the only one. Like... Seriously, on Twitter, there are people from Toronto, Jay's on the couch. You know, that was, Jason didn't have any fingers in the pot, but there is no Jay's on the couch site up there without Jason. You know, whenever they were starting that, he was there every single step of the way. There are podcasts all around where, you know, there's, he was there every step of the way. Ours is probably the best example mm-hmm. of that or for us because... It, bringing people together, Jared and I wouldn't have been friends. Jared and I never would have met had it not been for for Jason. You and I, it's safe to say, probably 
wouldn't have been friends, or if we would have eventually become friends, it would have taken me so much later because I am such a socially awkward dude. <laughs> but it he brought people together. He brought the best out of people. If you like this podcast at all, if you have liked anything that has come out of the blogging community from sites like Pirates Breakdown, which I know is pretty much debunked now, go back a couple years, what you were getting from that. If you like Bucks Dugout, there is no Bucks Dugout in 2019 without Jason Rawlson in 2018 carrying the load and being the caretaker for a, a website that really should have just gone to the wayside. And the only reason it is around now is because he put it on his damn back last year. If you like bringing more analytical focused material to a wider readership, like he did at, at DK Pittsburgh sports, you know, no, there was no other platform, no platform in Pittsburgh that big wanted to hear about X Woba. And as wonderful as a site like the point of Pittsburgh is, that you know they can drive the conversation forward. It's it's a niche. It's a niche. Here's you know we can drive that forward on the mainstream. You know this is this is big right there. If you appreciate any of that like five minute rant that I had right there, make a donation to the American Cancer Society in Jason's name. That's what the family wants in lieu of flowers. And if you want to celebrate his life. Uh, check in with the Renegades of the Rotunda. Chris, he was on here two episodes ago, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. The event is still happening. It is going to be a celebration for Jason. It is... Let's... Let's do something, I guess, is what I'm trying to drive at. We can do something. Yeah. I mean... There's just not much you can say, man. <clears throat> There's not much you can say. It's horrible. Uh, but through all the dark times, I mean, you could still look. and it, it, I mean, it's just, it's just cool to see how many young people he helped. And just how many people who have never met the guy in person, but just genuinely are heartbroken over this. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and the the thoughts and prayers thing, I know is kind of a cliche, but as someone who thinks and prays, it, it, he's been a part of both of mine. And I hope that he would continue to be a part of yours if you do either of those. I imagine you think uh, <laughs> to those listening. But seriously, like Alex said, donate to the American Cancer Society. Show up uh, on the twenty eighth, even if you don't. Even if you're one of those fans who doesn't want to give nutting a dollar, which after some news that was announced on Wednesday, I think that club is going to be growing. Show up to the tailgate, you know, and just have some fun and bring some positive energy and just celebrate the life of a dude who. I don't want to say he was like the rest of us because he was just a better person than a lot of people. But he was, I mean, he was just a dude who loved baseball. And he was damn good about writing about it. He was smart. He was a good guy. Awesome person. And, you know, he's up in heaven right now, probably embarrassed that we've spent 23 minutes talking about him. Because he hated attention on himself. Like, he hated it. A lot of baseball writers love when they are the... the 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 are in the limelight when they're the the main story, they thrive on that. Uh, I mean, at times you and I fall into that category. We don't mind getting a little attention here and there. We don't mind getting them Twitter followers up. Jason, for as much as he hated when you and I like would rip on each other, like on ourselves, the dude hated any type of positive re- re- encouragement that he would receive. Like he even DM'd us after we had. Chris from the Renegades on. And he was like, I didn't deserve that. And we're like, hey, you have cancer. We're trying to help you. Just shut up and t- take take the 
compliment, man. Like, you're a good dude. Let us help you. Like, that was the kind of guy he was. So, and if Jason were here, like I said, he'd want us to stop talking about him and start talking about the Pirates because that's what this podcast that he literally built is for. Yeah, I mean, he, he this is what he wanted. So, I guess we're going to talk a little Pirates baseball. Which is something we haven't done in September. Because there have been so many other storylines. So I guess we should just give a state of the union of what has been going on. It's the month of September. They're bad. They are. They're bad. They're bad and they're hurt. It is a bad combination to be in. And you expect some level of bad whenever Josh Bell out. Josh Bell is out. Uh, Starling Marte is out. And uh, Brian Reynolds was removed uh, early in the game Wednesday. So it almost makes sense for him just, you know, hit the showers, great year kid, maybe just pitch it if he's really feeling good. The offense is not in a good spot. You're starting uh, – Dario actually gave a good start today, so I can't rip on him too much, but he had been struggling for a while. James Marble, rookie troubles. I mean, he got up to the majors. But you look at a lot of these names, it's like, oh, man, it's not good. And here's my butt. I saw an at-bat Tuesday night, Mitch Keller versus Wilson Contreras, whenever he threw three straight sliders and got three straight swing and misses. And I have decided the kid is for real. So there is at least one pitcher to work with out of this group of rookies and DFA candidates that are pretty much on price, you know, 80-something percent of the Major League pitching staff at the moment. Uh, I just... I've never seen a group of baseball players just so irrelevant, I guess. Not, Not even in the sense where it's like, I don't care about them, but like, this is like the most meaningful baseball I've seen played in so long. And... Even in during the 20-year streak, you thought like September was at least important because young guys were getting reps, and there was a future, and there was a rebuild, and you were getting guys like Neil Walker coming up playing their first Major League games. And I guess you're getting that here, but I mean, I, they're, they're literally just playing the games out of obligation to play the games, and... I mean, in September, like, we didn't even address the Cubs series that happened a couple weeks ago. <laughs> they got, didn't they get swept by the Mariners? Like, just... Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. They did get swept by the Mariners. What a great series of baseball games that was. I actually got to miss a lot of that one because I was going on road trips at the time. So it's like, yeah, take a couple days off. But I, looking back on it, I'm glad I had a couple days off. So it, it's just been... Bad baseball. That series in Chicago, I I have never had a series like that. You know, covering it as a journalist, where uh, a one of the cool things about Buck's dugout, or even back whenever I was running for Pittsburgh Sports Report, was there was always two people or multiple people, so I didn't have to write the recap every single day. And but this is a scenario. Where it's like, all right, you gotta go watch three straight games. And it was just three straight complete ass whoopings. <laughs> I had no idea. You know, the third day, I have to write something and I've got a flight to catch in a couple hours, so, you know, you're on deadline and you're looking at it. It's like, man, where do I go from here? Just copy and paste from the day before. Except the day before, I was in the same scenario and my story was basically just gifts and then, like, facts that I pulled up from the play index. I kind of treated that as like a niche article, like, okay, I'm putting in, you know, some poker chips based on the assumption that they will not give up 16 runs again tomorrow. (laughs) Whoops. Bad investment. Yeah, I I mean, I'm just looking through. And it's hard not to talk about, like, the end because so many seasons are over now. Like, we got to save that for next week where we talk about the ends of the seasons. But, I mean, Josh Bell's season's done. And I see Cole Tucker's done. Marte, is he done? Marte's done. Elias Diaz is done. Chris Archer is done. 
Did you ever see the Kanye interview whenever he's like, Steve Jobs is dead. Walt Disney is done. Elias Diaz is done. Josh Bell is done. I'm done. Uh, I'll ask you this. Have you... Uh, no, here's a question. Who had a worse season, Alex? Chris Archer or Elias Diaz? Elias Diaz. Chris Archer, I at least saw signs in the second half where it's like, okay, this guy might not be 2015 Chris Archer anymore, but I, I see a good pitcher still here. I at least see the pitcher that the Pirates acquired at the deadline last year. I never saw for any extended period of time, 2018, Elias Diaz this season. I was reading the article on, uh, what was it? MLB Trade Rumors, I think it was, where they said like the three things the Pirates need, and the catcher Did was you, one. I mean, Did dude. you see popped up in that? What? I had an article that they linked my uh, The Point of Pittsburgh article about the Pirates not pitching to contact as much anymore. Yes, I, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I didn't see that actually, uh, but that's no. cool. I mean, I saw them reference that. I didn't click on the hyperlink, though. Oh, because you read it for the first time. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, I did actually. Like, I, I remember Good. highlighting that on this show. It's one of those things that as soon as I said it, it's like, that sounded a lot more sarcastic than I wanted it to be. Dude, on a real note, you have made my dad, like, a huge DK Pittsburgh sports fan. He got a subscription when you signed up, and, like, I don't know what took him so long, honestly, because two of his brothers already had it. So, and, like, my uncle's been, like, a, D a Dejan fan since he was, since my uncle was in his early 20s. I mean, he's, like... That's always been his guy that he would he would read him when he worked for the, the Trib, the Post-Gazette, you know, wherever. And um, he was, like, a subscriber when the blog started. Like, he was telling me about it. He's like, you need to try to get a job there. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what this is. But <laughs> I eventually learned and tried to get a job there. But anyway, so my dad literally sends me at least one thing from that website a day now. Most, I mean, some of it's from you, but like every, like he reads everything there. He really enjoys it. But anyway, um, cool that they referenced you. We were talking about Elias Diaz. The stuff that they highlighted in that article, like sixty-one WRC plus. I didn't know it went that low. If we're being honest with each other, and like that's a guy like he just looks like he has raw power. Like, he just looks like a ball player. And I got to toot my own horn here. They, I, I highlighted it at, like, before the All-Star break. The difference in ERA for Musgrove, I think it was, and Archer. When Cervelli caught them, and then when Diaz caught them. And it's just, it, you could just say it for literally any pitcher now. Like, he is a direct cause to the rise of that ERA as a pitching staff. It's, he's not responsible for all of it, but if Cervelli was healthy and caught this whole year, if Stallings caught this whole year, that ERA would be down significantly. He just did not call a good game at all this year. Now, I don't know if he's worth bringing back. I mean, I think you, I just don't know what you do with him because I think Stallings is the answer to backup and Travis Darnell, man, looks better and better. I don't know if you've been watching these these Rays games. I've been following the AL wild card pretty tightly. Uh, but oh, do you have something on the line there? No, dude. I want to bring that up too. You're Indian slander and everyone that they could have won their division <laughs> if they would have spent money. You're right. They probably could have. But if I came into the this year and said that. On this day, they'd be at 90, what are they at, 93, 94 wins? That, Ish. yeah, that would be more, like, they're going to finish, worst case scenario, they'll probably win, like, two more games. Worst case scenario. Let's say they finish with, like, 94, 95 wins. That would have been enough to win the AL Central, if I told you that at the beginning of the year. Hell, the year they went to the World Series, I don't even think they had 95 wins. I think they finished with 94 that year. So, 
And, like, last year, I don't even think they won 90 games. I thought they won, like, 89. Maybe they did win 90. I don't know. But, like, if you consider all the injuries that they did have with with their pitching, with losing Kipnis, losing Ramirez, and everything that's gone on, Naquin, they've won 94 games. I don't know how, like, the front office trusted the young core like the Pirates did. You know, they, they let guys go and trusted the young core, except the Indians actually know how to develop talent, and they have a young core that they can trust. And that's just the difference. They're, a, they're able to be cheap and let guys go and not spend the extra dollar because they could still win 94 games when they do that. The difference is you shouldn't set out at the beginning of the year to be like, all right, we'll win 94 games. Even in Moneyball, in the movie version, Jonah Hill, you know... Paul DePosta accepted. What's his movie version name? Um, Peter Brand. Yeah. He he says we have to win at least ninety nine games to make the postseason. That's what you should be shooting for. You shouldn't be shooting for well, we'll win ninety something game in the low nineties games, win an easy division, go into the playoffs. That's the problem. The the Pirates have. They're like, okay, we built a five hundred team that if they go. Well, you know, they'll win 88 games or win a wild card, and then we got a seat at the table, and who knows what happens. It's, no, you should build the best team that you can. And I know they're under financial constraints, but a couple million dollars could have bought them, like, two or three more wins. I bet they wish they had those two or three wins right now. Who, yeah, who, aside from Brantley, I don't see who they're really missing. Well, Brantley... I think they could have afforded Brantley. Yeah, that would have been nice. But overall, I mean, their outfield, if Brantley's there, I don't know if Mercado ever gets a shot. And he could very well be like a top two, three candidate for AL Rookie of the Year. How about uh, Adam Jones, who I know really fell off, you know, in Arizona. But for those first couple months, whenever Cleveland was getting no offense, he could have been a real impact bat. It, it we're sidetracked. We're, we're no. I, I, I want to keep doing this because we're, we're fight about the Indians on our on our Pirates podcast. All right. Adam Jones has a negative O three WAR. Okay, but in April, in April, whenever they needed the offense the most, because they weren't gonna here. Now I'm gonna pull up. Uh, you're, you're Oscar Mercado me. has a 2.6 war. So Okay. He got promoted. Huh? When did he get promoted? Like May. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to have a good outfielder for, for April then? Two? I don't know. I'm just saying, you can't crap on a team who won 95 games. You didn't you weren't you weren't roasting the Rays last year when they won 90. Because the Rays, A, never expected to compete in that juggernaut of a division. They were an unassuming group that really gambled in other ways with the opener. And they're like, you know what? We ended up winning 90 games. And then you know what they did this offseason? They signed Charlie Morton. Whoa. They, you know what? We are, gonna, we are going to actively get better. That is something Cleveland didn't do. Oakland actively got better these last couple years. That is why it'll be Oakland and Tampa Bay in the wild card game, and I will be enjoying it, sipping a glass of Four Roses bourbon. Oh, is that your choice? Small batch. Oh. Well, Brewers just clinched a playoff spot. So the Cubs, no Cubs now. They're done. You know, the Cubs just never put their best uh, foot forward this season. I wonder if they had a uh, plantar fasciitis. Oh, I was gonna say something along those lines. That's tough. Joe Madden might lose his job. You I'm gonna file that one it. under. Yeah, things you just don't want to see. Speaking of which, you know, we were actually we were texting about this earlier. Maybe I was gonna say, it. are you gonna bring it up, or are you gonna be a little I'll, wuss about it? I'll bring it up because I'm hearing conflicting reports on it also, but just. Real fast, Stephen Nesbitt of The Athletic uh, reported today that uh, Clint Hurdle has been told he will be back in 2020. If Clint Hurdle is back, it almost certainly means that Huntington will be back also. 
do the Pirates sell? If Again, this is just theoretical at the moment, but if they do come back, how do the Pirates sell their 2020 product to the fans? I don't know. I, I mean, I the news broke to me when I was humble brag. I was at the gym, and what? I was running, and I literally stopped running. I just stopped. It's like I saw it. Like I was just scrolling through Twitter, uh, and it, I, I I just stepped off the treadmill. I was like, what? <laughs> and like I was thinking about it when I was showering after my workout, and I was running it like through my head. I'm like, I just can't picture one positive spin to this. Like they might not have Pirates Fest this year. I mean, you you need to have Pirates Fest, but I don't know how they. No, it's going to be a very different Pirates Fest. It's I, going to be. A, it's going to be like people are going to bring pitchforks. Like, Bob Nutting is going to have, he's going to be paraded around in, like, the Mobile, where, like, it's the bulletproof glass. No, no, it, <laughs> people just won't show up. Yeah. I, I think that's the big thing. Just for the sake of the brand, you have to, seriously, unless the Pirates really go in this offseason, and I brought this up a couple times, that, you know what? We're going to get Grindel. We're going to get Will Smith to be a closer because that's what the parts need also. We're going to get Dallas Keuchel. We're going to get three guys. The three of them are each going to sign for about $15 million per year, each of them. You know, I'm going to round it down. They're each going to get a three-year deals, and it's going to cost about $40 million in extra payroll per year for those three players. Unless they do something like that, and they have, you know, this shiny new toy they're like, the, okay, we mean it this time. We're going to go for it. There is no way I think they can seriously trot out this 2020 product and expect anything different from the fans. And is all this Neil Huntington's fault? Is all this Clint Hurdle's fault? Is all this even Ray Searidge's fault? No, it isn't. But unfortunately, revolution needs, you know, there is bloodlust right now. And... Some heads have to roll. Someone's head has to roll for this. This is this is the end of National Treasure One. Whenever Nick Cage is negotiating the deal, he's like, I'd really like to not go to jail. Who is it? Ed Harris or something like that? He's like, someone's gotta go to jail. I I just This move, if it's true. You you always knew that they, they they just did not care about the fans. You always knew it, but you wanted to believe that there was some actual interest in competing. I think they want to win, but I do not think they want to compete. And what I mean by that is that everyone wants to win because win means wins mean more money. More people are going to watch on TV. More people are going to come to the games. More people are going to buy the jerseys. You know, everyone's going to care more. But wanting to compete takes effort. You can hope to win, but when you want to compete, you need to make unpopular decisions. You need to maybe cut ties with people who you like on a personal level, but... They're simply not getting the job done. You need to admit what you were doing has not worked and changed something. That is how you get better. That is how you can compete. And the Pirates do not want to compete. They want to win. They, they don't want to compete. They hope they can win. And that's what, that's what it is. They are, right now... I feel like when I was a kid, this happened a couple times. Before our school got like the system where you could bring like a 20 to school and just keep it in like a little account when you buy your lunches. When back when you had to like take your lunch money every single day. And I. When did you go to school? The 1950s? I went to Burgettstown. 
okay, so the 1950s. Yeah. I know. But seriously, wow. No, okay. like, we we had that probably until, like, fifth grade. Like, like. What? Yeah. We didn't have, like, an account thing. Like, it was just, like, you just bring your money to school. Did you ever have, did young Noah ever get bullied out of his milk money on the playground? No. Did young Noah I'm, ever I'm, I have a lifetime record of 1-0 in playground fights. Way to go. Yeah, and it was a noble thing, too. There was a jump ball in basketball between a girl and a guy, and the the guy, like, like threw this girl on a jump ball for basketball. Like, threw her on the ground. Her glasses went fa- flying, and I went over there and just clocked him. I was like, I did not tolerate that. And I sat there for a week during recess on the picnic table in timeout with so much pride. I mean, fourth grade Noah got so many Valentines that year. I mean, I was killing it. But anyway, one to in playground fights. But anyway, take that, Tyler Fritch. Uh, <laughs> Tyler's going to come back for revenge. No, nah, Tyler, Tyler Fritch, yeah. <laughs> but anyway... What was I getting at? Oh, we didn't have the... Anyway, my analogy was, there were a couple times where I forgot my money. My dad would always put it on the counter. There were a couple times I forgot my money. And when I'd go to lunch, you know, you didn't have any money on your own. You couldn't leave the school. You know, you were stuck with the lunch that was provided for kids who did not have money to buy food that day. Which was a bologna cham- a bologna sandwich with a slice of cheese, a little plastic bag with carrots and celery, nothing to dip them in, and I think like like just a little carton of milk and maybe like an orange, and that's what I feel like we're being handed right now. We're being told we don't have money to go out and just buy the lunch that everyone else is allowed to have. It's not expensive. They make it a rate that, you know, some kids, they can afford the extra pretzel. Or they can afford to get two milks. Or get fancy and maybe get two ice creams or whatever else. And then you got the Oakland A's. They're on the reduced program. But they seem to like the bologna. They, they get creative. They, 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 they fry the bologna. They make it work. But right now, I feel like Pirates fans are just being held... They're, they're being limited. They're just being given this stupid lunch. And they don't have a chance. They're just saying, take your food and get it out of my face. And it's just a deflating feeling. Because the lunch money, was it's been there. We know it's right there on the counter. The lunch money represents change, I guess. I just It just sucks. There's nothing you can do about it until this guy sells the team. And it's the most cliche thing in the world, but it's just it, nothing's going to happen until this guy sells the team. Well, he could ever easier Scrooge it also and, you know, start spending like a lot of the other teams in the division. Like, I, I keep bringing up Grindel. You know who signed Grindel? The Brewers. That's the only reason why I, I feel like, yeah, this is actually a possibility. So, good, good for Milwaukee, just in general. They are a very smartly run organization and the fact that they were able to rally together after Christian Yelich went hurt to get this second playoff berth, it is it is damn impressive. I don't know how long they are going to stick around in the postseason, but hey, one game is better than none. 12-2 and two since Yelich was out for the year. I, I mean, yeah, I guess to wrap it up, it just, like you said, there's just no, there's no positive spin. If, if Hurdle, Huntington, and Coonley are all back next year, after the problems that we've seen from a PR standpoint, from a product on the field, and from the lack of success in acquisitions via free agency or trade, if we see any of those three back, there is just no reason to, to legitimately believe that they're trying to win. This is not the 2012 team. It's just not. And I, 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 I hope I'm wrong. I know I'm not wrong. There's just so much different. I don't know. 
The 2012 team was ahead of the curve still. They were figuring things out. They were on the they they were they were just this close from it all just clicking. This team, they don't have fingers to click. They're just walking around with like Lego hands. They're Thanos, you know. <gasps> it's not there. They're not there. That's what we need. we need Thanos for the Pirates. Ugh. Who would survive the snap? One person, if you had to guess, would survive the snap. Jose Osuna. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know who we bring back for that? John Jaso. John. Jace. Just get that guy stoned, it's like so yeah. high that like the electric. Huh? Did you see him on the boat? When? It, it, it was just posted to Instagram. It was making the rounds on Twitter, I saw. The dude is an actual pirate now. Or or Seattle Mariner, you know. Or Tampa Bay. He's looking at Tampa Bay Rays. Not double Rays, just Rays. It's good for him. He is living his best life, it looks like. And... We encourage you to do the same. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Noah underscore Hiles 95 at Alex J. Stump. Follow our podcast at River Blast Radio. Read what Alex is writing. And if you're ever so inclined, check out my newscasts. <laughs> Alex, any final thoughts? Uh, I hope to see a couple people at the, at the tailgate Sunday. Yes. That's the only positive thing we can say about the Pirates. Go to that tailgate. Till next time, everybody. We're going to sign off saying, let's go Bucks.